does people plus food service plus conversation equal? The Food Service for Thought podcast. Produced by Forbes, Heaver, and Wallace and hosted by Carrie Clements and Justin Oliveras, the bi-monthly podcast connects the food service industry through in-depth conversations with chefs, restaurant equipment suppliers, food service establishment owners, and so many others that make up our wonderful industry. If you like food, people, and great conversation, we think you will enjoy the Food Service for Thought podcast. Hey, everyone. Today's guest is Chef Joseph Randall. He currently is the owner and executive chef for his consulting business, Orion Culinary. They consult with K-12 schools on how to better utilize their kitchen space, training staff, menu ideas, and a whole bunch more. Chef Joseph has also served in the Marines. He has worked in various school districts, has plenty of catering experience under his belt, and he has even been a trainer. Please join us in welcoming Chef Joseph. Let's chat with him. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Justin, along here with my bestie, Carrie. Carrie, hello. Justin, we're back. We're back. We're excited. Season four, we are rolling. And we have with us a super fun, awesome guest today with a great voice and an even better laugh, Mr. Joseph Randall II. Joseph, welcome in, sir. All right. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for, thanks for being on. Uh, we're going to get right in here with our amuse-bouche questions to get the party started. So I uh, can lead it off here. First question that we have is, what is the dish you most often cook for the people that you love? You know, uh, some of the things that hit the menu definitely would be uh, my ribs. My ribs go back to uh, my St. Louis roots. Uh, we okay. won a 2003 contest, uh, Memphis and May Circuit. So let's clarify that wow. Memphis and May Circuit for uh, People's Choice on uh, on our ribs. So that was really cool. That's that's excellent, Carrie. In case you didn't know, Memphis and May. I know he mentioned it's the Memphis and May Circuit, so the circuit leading up in there. But Memphis and May is basically the Lollapalooza for barbecue in, in Memphis. So, so do you find like Tums and Pepto booths everywhere? <laughs> Sponsored by Tums. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of laying around on the floor the next day, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stre- Everybody's got stretchy pants on. <laughs> Sponsored by Care Now Facilities. <laughs> Joseph, if you were a food, what would you be? What's been on my mind recently would be uh, like feta cheese and calamaro olives. So I don't oh, know boy. why. Yummy. You I know, like it. Little That's cheese. A good mix. Yeah. Calamata. And some uh, pepperoni or something thrown in there, some some sort of salami, and I'm happy. That sounds amazing. That's almost yeah. as salty as Carrie's personality. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, uh, somebody got some sleep last night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our final moose-bouche question. What is your go-to food when you are sad, mad, or maybe not having a great day? You just need a, a big hug in the form of food. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with ice cream. How about butter pecan ice cream? Mm, Oof. That's a that's, good one. That'll work for me. That'll work for me. That's me chilling. Joseph, are you are you married? Yes, ma'am. 
That's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> Those food answers were just, I mean, I feel like I'm married too. But, you know, it's been 30 years. It's probably time to move on. Try something new. Oh, All right. <laughs> Probably time to move on. That's great. <laughs> I, I'm not going to touch that either. You know. <laughs> well, luckily my husband doesn't listen to my podcast. He's ha- he's heard, heard enough of my voice. <laughs> He'll never hear this. <laughs> Joseph, uh, you and I bumped into each other quite almost quite literally at Tassin this year down in San Antonio. Yes, and uh, we talked about the podcast. Thought it'd be great guest to have you have you on, and I knew you from when you were a chef over at Frisco ISD. We worked on some equipment together and some recipes, but now, and when I saw you at Tassin, you are at Orion Culinary. So, um, in you know a million words or less, can you tell us what Orion Culinary is and what you do there? I'm a you you know I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran, um, and I got out in '92. Desert Storm veteran also, and all those things. I was cooking Marine Corps when I when I got out and started culinary school, and then I started my first business. We actually was catering at the time. We're talking back in St. Louis, and the name Orion kind of came from taking me back to when I was in the military, and all more importantly, when we were in Desert Storm, is that when we would be out doing different operations, things like that. Whenever it was nighttime, when I would look up, I, I that was the, like the first constellation that I learned outside all the basic ones that we know. And that's because it was always there for me during one of the toughest times in my life when I was in, you know, Desert Storm. Therefore, that's why that name always stuck with me as I created different companies and things. So I had a company in St. Louis that did mobile marketing, did private chef work and catering, things like that over the years. And then uh, eventually I moved from St. Louis to Oregon and this and the other. Then I transplanted into Texas. Right. And with that, I was out uh, working with a corporate company and then eventually did got involved with school nutrition. And from there, stepped out on my own and started Orion. So then became Orion Culinary. And school nutrition, how I got involved in school nutrition started with the fact that, you know, I, I got married a little bit later in life. And I had kids a little bit later in life. Being in the culinary field for over 30 years, it had me really had to find another path. I had, you know, a little baby in a little carriage. It wasn't, you know, them seven years old and they're yep. handling. The industry of school nutrition came from the need. And I think a lot of people in school nutrition, they find themselves there because of they needed the needed flexibility and the hours and things like that. They're getting the kids off the bus. So they need someone needs to be there to pick them up or either drop them off and all those things. I, I spent a year with Plano ISD, worked with a great group of people and things. And then after the year was up, when we moved through the summer, the opportunity came forward to move towards Frisco ISD. And uh, there was an opportunity there to be uh, one of their district chefs, We're what they call chef trainers. And I was there for almost two years. And I ended up running into uh, a company that was doing consulting. And I stepped out from Frisco ISD to work with this consulting company for uh, almost two years. And from there, it gave me my groundwork to say, hey, if I'm working for somebody else and managing a quarter million dollars or whatever it is, I could be managed my own quarter million dollars. You know, we started Orion Culinary once I really discovered the need that was there. And why I say that with child nutrition is that if you look at the industry, first of all, chefs are moving into the industry now. But in the prior, in the past, chefs, we didn't even consider 
school nutrition as part of the culinary industry. And I, I, I used to speak this a lot into when I was working for school districts. Now, back in the day, 15 years ago, or maybe uh, even prior to that, those cooks was in that kitchen. And when they had chili, they made the chili. Things have changed to where once they started pushing all the processed food, frozen pre-cooked food, it made it easier for the cooks in the school nutrition industry. But at the same time, then I think what happened in the industry is that they started hiring people with even less skill set of cooking because all you need to be able to do is put this in the oven at 350 degrees and make sure it hits 165 degrees before at least 15 minutes. <laughs> and we're good, right? So now, past, give it a, you move forward 10 years and, and, and the industry is saying, hey, we need to give these kids better food. And the problem is, is that because a lot of people in school nutrition don't have any experience outside of only in school nutrition. They, they haven't had any experience in the other culinary realm. So therefore, now from the directors and the cooks and everyone, they want to do better cooking, but you can't buy a better chicken patty. You're going to have to cook, right? So once I realized that, I said, okay, look, you guys want to increase your participation then we're going to have to start back cooking. And so therefore the chefs become important because we come in and start training their cooks how to give them all the basics so they can start cooking food from scratch. At Orion, you you and your team go to the districts and you help train the existing cooks or the new cooks that they have there to be better cooks so they can slowly but surely chip away at getting rid of the, some of the processed food and getting back to making some of this stuff from scratch. Is, is, do I, are we understanding that correctly? Yes, yes, yes. So what, what we also, you know, we, we provide dietitian services and menu planning services and all those things. And the problem, if you only done school nutrition, you may not have a skill set to go get a regular professional cook job because you don't have all the basics. So let's yep. learn about all the classic cuts of when the chef says, give me a batonet of carrots, you know exactly what that is. So we started, you know, diagrams, handing out, giving out handouts, using the knife, practicing, uh, processing, uh, going through processing carrots and things like that. So everyone got a chance to actually work on a couple of cuts. And then also we had an educational side. Where have you been met with the most resistance or reluctance? I think that my approach with understanding how to work with adult learners and my training in that really helps, right? So it's important to make sure that when you're working with adults to acknowledge what they bring to the table and then you offer to contribute to expanding that knowledge for them. That way they're not taken back by, oh, well, you're a chef of well, you know, I've been doing this 15 years. And you can find that in school nutrition or in a restaurant. I brought information that they did not know and that immediately they knew that they would be better cooks because of the information. And I didn't make them wrong about where they were. Who, who hires you? Is it the child nutrition director? or Like how, how do people find out your services are available? If there's a certain amount of money that's being spent. So in our services of, let's say, of training cooks or coming in and working with them to help them work out inventory, whatever it is. We also have services where we do demonstrations for elementary schools and things like that that are uh, very interactive, chef on site, that sort of thing. And if it has a certain price point, below a certain price point, 
then that food service director, that child nutrition director can hire a Ryan Culinary and schedule out, okay, over the course of this year, I have five elementaries or 15 elementaries and I want to do at least 10 demos. And these are the 10 schools I want to do. And, you know, this is going to cost X amount of dollars per uh, demo. And they can they can one off those a la carte, what we call a la carte pricing. Um, and then also for contracted services, if it's for weekly visits over the course of the school year, things like that, that is typically something that I my, my preference is that I first want to make sure that I have the buy in and the child nutrition director sees the value in what it is that we do at Orion Culinary and how it can benefit their school district. We come in to partner, not to come in to dictate. So what's really important is to get the buy-in from the director because the director is then going to take it to the CFO and then ultimately to the superintendent and then from there get approval from the board. And at the board level, they approve for the contract, the service, same way they would approve for Sodexo. Can you talk a little bit about the dietitian side? Sure, sure, sure. So I have a excellent, excellent, excellent dietitian, um, Jillian Morrison. How she plays, she takes care of everything for me with dealing with the menu, right? So I'm on the chef side. Jillian, my dietitian's on the uh, menu side. And when we deal with menu planning and all those things, we create menus, we create them. It could be two week, three week, four week cycle, five week cycle, whatever it is. Like I said, going back to really partnering with the school district versus telling them how it should be done, you know, and we create the menus, we create the recipes, we develop recipes. Jillian works with the school districts like the current contract we have. Uh, when there's any changes to the menus from day to day. What, what would you like to share with people who aren't in the culinary world, don't understand what it's like to cook for people commercially? Not necessarily just institutionally, but, you know, uh, maybe institutionally, maybe as a caterer, time in your mil- in the military. What, what do people who have no idea about feeding people, feeding the public, What should they know about interacting with those people? As in many industries, you have people that are there because they're passionate about what they do. And then you have people that are just there for the paycheck and things like that. Now, you don't see that so much in the culinary field. And the reason why I say that is that those people typically will weed themselves out because of the amount of labor and the sweat and the noise and all that's going on, you know, in the culinary field. So you have to... You have to, you don't choose it, it chooses you in a sense. And you you have to have, you have to be in touch with your passion about it. Otherwise, why would you be there sweating? So I think that I don't care if it's child nutrition or it's the McDonald's or it's a five-star restaurant or it's a country club or it's a cruise line or if it's a private chef. It's that, you know, we have to remember that these people are here in that in that particular industry. We are here to provide a service and not just a, a service like a, in a sense, like cleaning a window, but more so really bringing our passion to the food and the creation of something. And then it's something that's shared, but it's not like an art piece. You actually consume it. So you get a there's an interaction and there's an exchange that happens there energetically, because if I put my love into something that I'm cooking, I don't care if it's just something as a frozen chicken patty that I still stand that there's a distinct difference between that and me coming in drunk 
are angry and then cook that chicken patty. There's a distinction there, right? Yeah. So um, people in the industry, I, I see it for myself when I go through Starbucks or I go through any store or go through any and buy a burger or whatever it is, you know, that when I, when I, when I, when I hear them over the mic and say, Oh yeah, you know, what would you like to order? And this and the other that I place my order, but now, you know, and I I'm upbeat, whether if they're upbeat or not. And it's for two reasons, because I don't know who that person is on that microphone and they could be uh, very aware and very in touch with themselves and loving what they do, or they could not have found that yet, you know? So I want to make sure my food's safe when it comes to that window. So therefore I'm going to make sure that I you hear that I say, thank you. Thank you. You know, so it's important that given all the stress that we have in the world that's happening today and all the circumstances and all the change that we remember that um, everyone's dealing with it differently. So therefore we, we should take that extra step to make sure that people know that we appreciate what there is that they're, that they're doing for us. You know, that's important. That, that's lovely, and uh, I think that's a good way to wrap up. Um, you, yes, well said. That's, that's wonderful. That's lovely. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Well, Chef Joseph, thank you so much for being on with us. Yes. Chef Joseph Ryan Culinary, and uh, really interesting stuff that you do looking at your website, guest chef, with, as far as action stations go, food safety training, working with the districts, uh, dietitian stuff, all sorts of really really good services and offerings for the districts. And um, that's great. Anybody that has kids knows that there's a special place in your heart for, for making sure that the, the little ones have um, the, they can give, be given the opportunity to start to develop the, a good relationship, a positive relationship with food and understand that. So thank you for all the efforts that you do to help, help all the little ones out there and the families. Uh, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Carrie, any parting thoughts for Chef Joseph? Uh, one, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you yes. very much. Uh, thank you. I can't imagine what that's like. And, and uh, luckily, because of people like you, I don't have to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all should not be there, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. I could probably verbally put somebody in their place. I'm asking, but I, don't know that that's, I would need some time. <laughs> uh, so how, how do... Uh, potential customers or just curious uh, individuals find you? Yes. So the website is www.orionculinary.com. That's O-R-I-O-N culinary, C-U-L-I-N-A-R-Y.com. And then of course we're on, you can find me on LinkedIn, Joseph Rando and um, main, mainly the website is the main place to find me from there you'll get all the links to Instagram and all the fun things where we can spend looking at our phone 24 hours a day. So, <laughs> um, and I don't recommend that. You know? nope, nope, nope. <laughs> we're, we're here for the districts that want to take it to the next level. And really the only way we're going to do that, because we don't have money to buy that $50,000 chicken patty. We're going to have to start cooking. Yeah. So therefore, if you're ready to take it there, and you know that you need chefs in order to bring in and dietitians that will really train your staff to take it there to the next level. That's what we're here for. But we're, we're here to partner and support you, not dictate and tell you what to do. Thank you for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And a big shout out to Forbes, Heaver and Wallace and everyone on the team for producing the first ever food service rep driven podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. Oh, 
and go eat out at your local restaurant or grab some takeout or delivery, even if you are just in the mood for some apps or dessert. Every bite helps.